Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We certainly do. Welcome back to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. It's episode 180. I think you all probably know what that means, but before we explain it to uh, recent arrivals to the Mastosphere, let me introduce myself and Mark self. I'm Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here with the fandiferous Mark Blankenship. Hi, Mark. Oh, hello. I couldn't even wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Rockspin is back. Um, folks, usually episodes that end in zero mean that we are ranking an album or something else. Today it's something else. Mark is going to explain about it. Mark, hit it. Y'all, I am so excited about this episode. As Sarah can ex- attest, I've been sending her gifts of cartoon penguins dancing to relay the level of excitement I feel about doing this. I responded with a RuPaul gif. And yeah, oh God, and that was the correct answer. Um, we're today going to be ranking argumentative duets, which means duets in which the singers fundamentally disagree with each other about a subject. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, so there are going to be eight argumentative duets on our docket today. We will be discussing them in alphabetical order by title. Those songs are All I Have by Jennifer Lopez and LL Cool J. The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Don't You Want Me by Human League. The Girl Is Mine by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. I Got a Man by Positive K. Jackson by Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. Nothing Better by The Postal Service. And Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier featuring Kimbra. Now, Sarah, for those of our listeners who, like you said, are new to this gig, can you explain how our rankings work? Uh, I was going to say, I sure can, but I feel like every time I blunder into this explanation, I end up having to take it again. Let's see what happens. I Um, I have also never said this well, except for the time that I wrote it down for our live episode. Which I didn't do, so it's a journey that we're all on together. Um, Here's how it works. Basically, we will be talking about the songs in the order that Mark said. That's alphabetical by title. And uh, the first place song will get a point value from each of us. So, since they're eight songs my number one song in this group will get eight points my number two will get seven points and on down the line to the last place song which will get a single point i rate them mark rates them and our patreon supporters also rated them yes so yes um then there's a brief uh interregnum at the end that's the wrong word but let's just go with it while mark does arithmetic (laughs) and i sing things probably not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then maybe you have an argumentative duet with yourself the most uh, i don't even know what the rubric is the most argumentative the most duetty um, <laughs> our, our favorite and least favorite dialogues in the group um so that's how that works if that was unclear it'll you'll figure it out you're all very smart people because you're listening to this podcast And we want to say, too, if you would like to vote in future ranking episodes, because we do them a lot, we would love to have you join us at Patreon as a patron. Uh, That's patreon.com slash Mastus. Yes. But, Sarah, I think now, I hope that you won't argue with the idea that it's time to 
start talking about these songs. Uh, I will not argue with that. Crozier. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. So Crozier. To use that clip and it actually be relevant. Because who you were listening to there, ladies and gentlemen, was, of course, LL Cool J. And he is the person duetting with uh, Jennifer Lopez in All I Have, a number one song from the early 2000s. Let's listen to a clip. I don't believe you want to leave like this. I don't believe I just had my last real kiss. I do believe we'll laugh and reminisce. Wait a minute, don't bounce, baby. Let's talk about this, man. Well, I'm bouncing and I'm out, son. I gotta leave you alone. Because I'm good. Holding down my spot and I'm good. Repping the girls on the block and I'm good. I got this thing on lock. So without me, you'll be fine, right? So, Sarah, did you know this song before we recorded or prepared for this episode? I think I must have, but, like, it, I had to, like, look it up, and I was like, this was a number one? Why? Yeah. Number one. It's the only LL Cool J song to reach number that one, or the only song on which bullshit. he appears. Bullshit. This, okay, the song is not bad. It just, it feels very dated to me, first of all. It feels very half-assed. It feels derivative of TLC, but in none of the good ways, and just made me want to listen to No Scrubs instead. Mm-hmm. I do not, uh, like, as much respect as I have for Jennifer Lopez as a cultural force. I, I don't think she has a very good instrument. Uh, I mean, that's a gentle way of putting it. Okay, yes. she's not a good singer. <laughs> Fine. This song is unkind to where her talents <laughs> should be focused. Yes. Um, this... This song, I won't say that I was, like, angry at it for wasting my time, but I was a little annoyed, and it's my least favorite of the group. Well, one point. so you put that, that's eighth place, one point from you. Yeah. Well, I, have, I have to say, too. Tenth, but that's not how this works. <laughs> if, it's like, I have, in tenth place, this song, in ninth and eighth place, wind, whispering at it various strains of wind whispering at each other and then we move on (laughs) um i am in a way sad that the first time that ms lopez is appearing on this countdown it is with a song that is really not very good because like you i have nothing but respect for her in fact when i recently created my own fantasy oscar ballot i had her winning the best supporting actress oscar for hustlers because i thought she she was so good in that bye like Laura Dern, love you, heart you, yeah, never ever let you back. go. But... You don't need this. J Lo needs it. And also, she was just exceptional in that movie. And Jennifer Lopez also released the song "Waiting for Tonight," which is a bomb ass hit. Yeah. Do you know that one? Yeah. That one. That's like a dope and hit. Like, and anything it, that this... was in her Super Bowl halftime medley was better yes. than this 
nothing burger. It's just nothing. And even LL Cool J is like, how much am I getting paid? Nothing burger is the only term for it. And I'm glad that we've talked about LL before in the Mama Said Knock You Out episode. A much better representation of why he's awesome. Do not call this a comeback because it went on for years. (laughs) And the other thing, um, back in the day when I was in graduate school, that's when this song was popular. It reached number one in 2003. I used to do an annual email of my favorite and least favorite songs of the year. And this was my least favorite song of 2003 in a tie wow. with Clay Aiken's Invincible. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Because, yeah, that's all right. That yeah, works. You're correct. Because both of those songs are generic and bad, but they also have this extra layer. Um, invisible, uh, in, that song Clay Aiken is like, if I was invisible, grammatically incorrect, it should have been word, doesn't matter, I would just watch you in your room. Well, that's fucking creepy, Clay. Yeah. Like, take a beat to think about how that sounds. To that extent, that's why I included the section in the clip I pulled of this song of LL Cool J saying, pride is what you had, baby girl, I'm what you have. Gross! I don't want to hear that! Yeah. Well, and, I don't know, there's just something so... That he's like, don't bounce, and she's like, I'm bouncing! Like, (laughs) just like, um whatever lloyd's father in better off dead consulting his little book of teenage phrases and being like <laughs> mellow off guys quit trying so hard and like to have to be with me you have to have replaced your pride ll you hello cool j has made some astonishingly tone-deaf choices in his musical career because he also made that song with brad paisley called accidental racist do you remember yeah. that yeah i do like LL, Cool James. Anyway, yeah, no, this lady does not love that. And what a waste of a collaboration <laughs> that leads to the moniker LL Cool J Lo, and then this is what you get. Oh God, uh-uh. you know I've I've never even thought about that. But you're right. This could have been the the launching point for an entire album of duets called LL Cool J Lo, and we would still be talking about it with reverential tones to this day, but it wasn't to be. Well, Sarah, you put it in last place, the patrons put it in last place, and I put it in last place. Well, that's... (laughs) Spoilers? That's the opposite of tens across the board. That's a mere three points. That is the lowest possible score that a song could receive, is three And that's what this song received today. I don't think that has actually ever happened in a ranking episode before. That everyone was like, nope. This truly is a first. Every one of us agreed, patrons, you and me, that this was the booty basement. Yeah, this is why these rankings have the force of law and never more than in this case. And when I say booty basement, I don't mean like a cool club called the booty basement. I mean booty basement. I rest my case. <laughs> I mean, seriously, should, should we move on to a song that might actually be, you know, good? Uh, yeah. So coming up next is the massive 13 week number one hit for Brandy and Monica. It's one of the rare all female duets to reach number one. The very first one of those was Enough is Enough by Barbara Streisand and last week's subject Donna Summer. Uh, But this one also is an all-female duet that went to number one. It's The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Let's listen to a clip. Mm -hmm. 
this in ages and it was really fun to revisit it. But I found myself a little like um, wishing for something else that might have been. Namely that it does sound in several po- at several points in this duet, like when someone is saying, you seem to be confused, that it's about to be on. And <laughs> then it really should, like they should just cut into another version of the song or another movement of the song that is like heavier and harder and is them actually like taking their rings off mm, and mm-hmm. physically fighting. Um But I will also say, like, I'm not totally sure why this stayed at number one as long as it did, because I enjoyed it. But it's like, all right, first of all, the battle of the singing within the song is won decisively by one party. And I'm not totally sure once you've heard it once (laughs) why you need to continue, like... This conversation is over. Brandy, get your things and leave. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, if if the boy is picking on the basis of pipes, you're done, Brandy. Sorry. <laughs> He'll um, be staying at Shea Monica. Yeah. But this also, like, this felt very of its time and year, but not in the... Um, dated and exhausting way of the song we were talking about before. This was fun. And where did you rank it? Um, I actually ranked it sort of right in the middle, number five, four points. All right. And I um, I have no problem with this song, no kick, as I often like to say. <laughs> but I've always found this song to be a little bit like Teflon. It's a little too smooth. And I yeah, think it might be because... that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. it needs some actual, like, <laughs> grease up your forearms and get into it. Yeah. To it. Which what you said they about did in real life? Wait, they did. Yeah, there was like real life beef. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. That's like hair see, pulling. I really do wish that that spirit were in this song. Like you said, they yes. need to drop that beat and make it harder. the The groove that they're singing over does not sound in any way combative. Yeah, that's the thing. And they also make a big point at the end of the music video of having the guys show up to Brandy's house and then the door opens the rest of the way and Monica's there too and they're like boop it's all over now motherfucker and meaning that by the end Monica and Brandy are allies and I think that there's um an unwillingness to go there in terms of the rivalry because they needed to prop up some sort of phony feminism uh, about women hanging tough together and it kept them from giving this song the teeth that it needed yeah also, at the end of the video, like, you definitely get the feeling that Mackay Pfeiffer is going to be fucking them both at yeah, once. Which yeah. is like, I really feel like that sells the both out. But, I mean, I would I would rather split Mackay Pfeiffer with somebody than not fuck him at all. Yeah, I mean, Solomon's I choice right there is basically you keep the bottom half, I get the chest. <laughs> like, okay, great. <laughs> you get to take a tour of the booty basement, if you know what I mean. <laughs> And I think you do. Oh, I think you do. Put on your <laughs> spelunking gear, ladies and gentlemen. Uncle Popper's Clubhouse. <laughs> Open for business. Open for business. Emily Nitrate is available uh, nice. at this time at the bar. So that's what she said. <laughs> there we go. And I really do like other songs by Brandy and by Monica more than I like this song. Monica's 
just one of them days. Don't take it personal, obviously. Uh, Angel of Mine, very pretty song. Brandy, Sitting Up in My Room, all-time classic. Have You Ever, great ballad. This one, for me, it's it's fine. And that's why I put it in sixth place and gave it three points. Yeah, that's about right. And the patrons liked it more than either one of us. They put it in fourth place and gave mm. it five points. We're all kind of still on the same wavelength. Yeah, though, it's like I'd middle say. of the pack. Middle of the pack. It's To me, this is the kind of song that you hear when you are getting your bubble tea. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Totally. Because <laughs> bubble tea places are always playing 90 R- 90s R&B. And I don't know why, but they just are. Because it's bubbly? Yeah, I guess so. Well, that brings us to another song that I suspect may... I, I feel that this one may do very well. I'll just put it that way. Uh, this know. is uh oh oh just kidding shit. okay <laughs> I was like oh girl I need to sit down I mean I am sitting down but let me lay down uh, this is a clip from the Human League's Don't You Want Me. guess we can probably end the episode after this and almost the podcast in yeah. a way <laughs> i mean look you know what was interesting listening to this um i which i didn't even need to do um that it's the vocal on such a stone classic both of its era and of this genre like this is a legendary pop pygmalion um controlling boyfriend story yeah the vocal is actually pretty bad from both of them until yeah uh and but in a way i think that that reflects probably inadvertently the kind of like with a guy like this who's like you know and i could put you back down too which p.s i sing to my pets all the time And I could put you back down to <laughs> like blank feed us. Um, that there is this, um, like I don't, I don't want to like understate the importance of slash horror of like being controlled or stalked or whatever by someone that you were in a romantic relationship with, um, an abusive one, but. There is like this frumpiness to the situation sometimes that you you look at these dudes and you're like, him? Just kick him in the nuts. Yeah. And that sort of is reflected in the kind of not great C plus vocal. Um, that it's a it's a mistake to um not it's a mistake not to hear what's happening. 
mm. is my point. Um, but I this, love that read like, on this it. song is fucking great. Not to get too like dark about no, but it's but it's it is. Yeah, that dark synth rhythm is in service of a dark story. Yeah, that you can tell that she's going to be like, look, I said no, and I'm going to move to my new flat. And then outside in the bushes, he's going to be standing there glowering at her like this. This is not going anywhere good in this amazing song, uh, which to the surprise, I'm sure of no one. But I will say it was pretty close and we'll get into it later. But this is my number one. Eight points. Uh, yeah, let me just go ahead and cut to the chase. The patrons and I also put the song in first place, so we've got across-the-board agreement on first and last place here today. Okay, so, all right. But, so, like, but come for on. vice president, where it's gonna get it's gonna get cray, I think. But don't you want me invented the argumentative duet? As far as I'm concerned, I know it didn't literally, but it may as well have. And to what you're saying too well, it's about absolutely the, the first thing anyone thinks of like when you started explaining the theme of this episode everyone was like oh don't you want me is going to be on there yeah Do like I. oh you mean like don't you want me yes we do mean like it that. might not be the sine qua non but it is the ne plus ultra oh girl phd yeah. bunting uh-huh. dr bunts dr bunts yeah um, look <laughs> One of the things we're that talking also, about the classics get a little classics minor. Uh, action <laughs> oh, one of the things that's also true, I think, about the vocal that makes it work is that the women in the Human League have such thick accents in this song that it makes you picture where they are. Yeah, like I was working in a waitress in a cocktail bar. Like you know that it's not a nice cocktail bar. No, I just and and I just think that like. The 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 performance, the acting of the song is so good because it's this sort of disaffected vocal. It's like it's they they these aren't singers. They just needed to tell the story, and they just have to yeah. get to a booth. I mean, they and are just singers like worn down from not having seen the sun in like forty one days. So. Yes, and and like it just gives you the impression that these people couldn't. They just were fighting, and they happened to walk past a recording studio, and they were like, "Yeah, yes. let's work it out in here." <laughs> Yeah, and he's just like, don't, don't you want me? No. Yeah, um, no. Also, he's like, except, don't you want me? Like, I made you. Anyway, it, when you read about the history of this song, the Human League produced it themselves, and they didn't really know what they were doing. So that that shagginess <laughs> is actually real because yeah. it was, but and yet somehow through alchemy, they were able to deliver one of the best songs of the 80s i think like I think, it is i think it really works because i think if it's too produced and glib you lose a little bit of the darkness that makes it that has let it um continue along with us in the culture for years yes. and years you know it's making me think about this is one of the songs that really made the new wave sound break in america and i think that that sense of being slightly dirty and not polished is one of the reasons it worked. And you think about this song, Tainted Love by Soft Cell was also at this exact same time. It also has that rough, gruff edge. And so does Cars by Gary Newman, also mm-hmm. popular around this time. And by the time you get to the later 80s with your Rick Astley and um, like expose, you've lost the sense of uh, jagged edges. And that's okay. I mean, things evolve. But I think that this little group of songs really helped make us love this sound as a country because it was connected to the grittier rock sound, but it also had this really amazing synth quality. And 
I don't know how you top the boom, 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 like I don't know how you top yeah. what they've done with the synth. In you this don't. Song. Well, I'll tell you what though. I I can think of a couple of songs. Spoiler that might top this song that's next. Um, <laughs> whew. It's not even the best duet that Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney did, but Say, Say, Say isn't an argument, therefore it was ineligible for this countdown. The one that was eligible, inexplicably also, this was the first single off of the Thriller album. Also, it's inexplicably on the Thriller album, but alright. You know, this was the first taste that any of us got of the Thriller album was this song. You know, and obviously not, this is not the iconic song from the Thriller album, but it was the first one. It's also like how the first single that Michael Jackson released from the Bad album was I Just Can't Stop Loving You. Who? That's the was the first song? Anyway, this is, of course, The Girl Is Mine by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Um, let's, let's get just it over clip. with. Let's just play the clip. <laughs> The doggone girl is my... All right, look. Doggone. This was never particularly credible, even at the time. It's, at in 2020, really no longer possible to choke down a Michael Jackson ballad directed at an adult woman, or an adult of any kind, really. I also love that um, it's accidentally correct grammar with I love you more than he, because of the rhyme scheme. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That you didn't clip the spoken bit, thank you. Because Mark. I like us, and I don't want us to combust in the midst of recording this episode. I, I mean, it's just, it's just garbage. There are actually <laughs> some nice vocal bits for uh, Sir Paul in this. Like there are, he has, he gets to stretch a little bit. We didn't really hear it in this clip. Um, and I but, do think that in the clip we heard, Michael Jackson's vocal performance is good. Like he's a he was a great singer. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. in the service of this this turd. Which no thanks. Seventh two points. And I feel like if anyone were ever to say, Mark, what do we mean when we say that something is twee? I would yes. say we mean this piece of shit song right here. Because they think they are so cute. Oh they my just God, think yes. they're just, they just are like, we're scoundrels, aren't we stinkers? And I just want to, oh, and that bouncy ass rhythm that to do, 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 do. It's like, it's like you actually wrote this song and shipped it directly to a supermarket. Yeah. Ugh. Well, Sarah, you and I are really simpatico because I also put this song seventh. The only thing that made me not put it in last place is the fact that Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney can sing. Yes. Jennifer Lopez. Exact same reason. 
it was like, you know what? I can, and I can still sing along with this. The whole Thriller album is in my DNA, but every time I am surprised. And this is the lead, this is the first song. Yeah. Like, how did I not know? It's like, how do you not put Beat It first? Yeah. Like, it, ha- this album is what one are of the. Quincy Jones, come, come here. Okay. It's one of the best-selling albums of all time, and this is the first taste that we got of it. Yes. So you could be you could be excused for thinking if you only heard this song that the rest of this album was going to be a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Well, what the what the uh, Patreons think? They they put it slightly better, one place better. They put it in sixth place and gave it three points. Huh. Okay. Now, next we have a song that. Sarah, I, it it will never bring me less than soul suffusing joy, and that might just be me. But here I am. This is Positive K arguing with himself in a. He is also the female vocal is just sped up, but uh, still, it still counts. There are two characters in the song. They're arguing with each other. This is Positive K's early '90s rap hit. I got a man. so good <laughs> guy positive k there is so much wit and joy in this song i love it so much like how you talking Psh, whatever yeah. and then also you I, I don't go you know what he's gonna buy you all that shit bye <laughs> yeah then he's like oh well yeah fair enough i'm not doing that bye <laughs> and then we don't hear it in this clip but then there's the line and when your man don't treat you like he used to i kick in like a turbo booster <laughs> My favorite was, I got a man. How long you had that problem? I mean, it's everything about it is so good. The sample is perfect because it's um, this uh, sort of, I guess, minor soul group. You've you've heard of their hits, but they're called Taste of Honey. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Um, they won, um, I think that they won the Grammy for Best New Artist. Boogie Oogie Oogie, right? And, yeah. um, and they did a remake of Sukiyaki. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, like, it's perfect. It's that perfect, like, early 90s, sunny hip-hop. He really, like, he's basically throwing shade on himself as a trifler, but he's not afraid to do it. It's really clever. Um, it's j- It, like, just gets in your hips, this song. Yes. Just, you know, bugging out. Um, I mean, at the top, there was a lot of tension in my life trying to rank these. And so I almost feel sheepish about only putting it in third, but that's where it is. Number six or number three, six points. Sarah, I put this song in fourth place and I feel bad about it too, because something has to go somewhere. And 
like this song is I, I defy you to play this at any gathering, church, funeral, dentist convention, and see those people sit still. Like I mean, do you think that this should be your hip hop name? Positive M. Oh shit, maybe it should be. Positive M with a nod to positive K. Mm-hmm. Listen. Um, I also learned in the process of researching this episode something I did not know is that when he says the line about I'm not having it and then the the woman says all I remember is excuse me miss that is a reference to a song that Positive K recorded with MC Light called I'm not having it which was the same basic back and forth format and then when Positive K moved to a bigger label he tried to get MC Light on I've got a man, but the her label wouldn't let her do it. So that's oh. why he did the voice of both characters. So there is an alternate universe in which this song is Positive K and MC Light, and she is such a good rapper. That yeah, be, she really is. Like, this song is perfect, and then with her, it might have been perfect plus one. Mm, that's true. But anyway, like, it doesn't – that the, the one that we got in this universe, uh, Man in the High Castle, is still yeah, an amazing timeline, song. Yeah, this timeline did us right, I would say. So I put it in fourth place, gave it five points. You put it in third place and gave it six points. And the patrons put it in fifth place, which I feel is a little too low. But that's, yeah. that's their call and gave it four points. Okay. Fair enough. Still, a solid... It, it certainly got more points than The Girl Is Mine. <laughs> it did. Um, and so it had to. Next, we have a song that I have to say I am happy that this countdown got me to really listen to because I didn't know it very well, but now I've listened to it like 10 times. Uh, this is the song Jackson by Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. People gonna stoop and bow. Huh. All them women gonna make me Teach them what they don't know how I'm going to Jackson You turn loose of my coat Cause I'm going to Jackson Goodbye, that's all she wrote But then laugh at you in Jackson And I'll be dancing on a pony cake They'll lead you right He just missed it in this clip right before this in the song. He has this little, and then you can kind of hear her laughing on her part Mm. of the chorus. And that is like their entire relationship. That is that whole movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Just in one bar. Um, I don't think I ever heard this song before. It was a... It was a delight, especially after watching uh, the country music miniseries from yes. Burns and how much of it was devoted to their relationship. And that in the beginning of the song, you can hear his like, I think this was a defining aspect of their relationship is that he was always a little intimidated by her mm. um, and always mm-hmm. a little like in disbelief that he got to in love with her and that she loved him back so that is all in this song with that said 
June Carter's timbre is not my thing. Like, this song is great. I just, the sound of her voice is just not my favorite. Mm. Um, otherwise, I think it might have been higher, but there was a lot of good shit in this group. Um, Mark, you really gave me a dark afternoon of the soul <laughs> trying to rank <laughs> these. Um, but I wasn't, like, mean to it or anything. It's just not all that high up. So, oh, wait, actually, it's in the top half. What am I talking about? That's number four, five points. So I um, I feel like what I love about this song is you can hear how much they like each other in yeah. the way that they're performing it. It's one of those songs where they tease each other because they love each other. There's just something so – it's so clear in the the brightness of their energy and the way that they keep making those little noises. It's just clear and that they're they like – they love to work together and they admire yeah. each other's work as well. So yeah. And um, I love that she says behind my J-Pan fan, which is Japan fan, which means one of those folding fans. Mm -hmm. I looked this up because I was like, what the hell is she even saying? And it turns out that it's like one of those paper Japanese fans that people use to cool themselves off when they don't have air conditioning in the South, Mm -hmm. which let me tell you, I grew up before air conditioning was everywhere. And those fans, they're a a nice story that you tell yourself, but they don't do anything. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just love the like the fact that she's just real country ass on this song, and I, I uh, get what you're saying about her timbre. As much as I appreciate through that documentary what the Carters, what the Carter family did, they're not pleasant to listen to. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, that I'm like, I want this composition to be in the in the voice of someone else like have marty stewart do it yeah i mean with his ascot (laughs) yeah because this is just feeling a little squawky to me and some of it is like you know 1930s and 40s technology but they're just a little honky and not in the you know not like you like so yeah and i think that by the time they recorded this it was like later but still, oh, like, yeah. it doesn't... But, I mean, Carter family. Oh, yeah, Carter family. Yes, yeah, Carter family, yes. Carter family, yes. still like... She's just a little nasally up in her nasal to me. That's all. Um, that being said, yeah, I, I still really enjoy listening to this song. And it's just so fun and lively. But I actually ranked it a place below you. I put it in fifth place and gave it four points. Okay. But the patrons came through on behalf of this song and put it in third place and gave huh. it six points. Okay. So, so once again here, we're all kind of clustered. Yeah, it's really interesting. This might be the closest that we've all been on stuff. Because now we get to um, a song that I wonder, Sarah, if you knew the song Nothing Better by the Postal Service before we were prepping this episode. I did not. So this is a song from their album uh, Give Up. It's their only album. It's the one that has such great heights on it, The District Sleep Alone Tonight. This was never one of the singles from this album. Um, Although I have to say, for me, it is just a fucking masterpiece of a song. Uh, The female vocal on this song is a woman named Jen Wood, a Seattle-based musician and of course the male vocal is ben gibbard who is in death cab for cutie as well he is one of the two members of the postal service and uh this is a song in which two extremely articulate erudite people talk about uh their relationship and the woman is like as is so often the case in these songs the woman is like you need to get over yourself boo boo i gotta go and the guy's like but i love you and she's like 
no. Anyway, <laughs> that's actually how it plays out in literally every single song in this countdown. Yeah, pretty but, uh, much. Yeah, it's always like the man is like, but I love you. And the woman's like, you're a Not trifling. Enough. Beat it. <laughs> you're a trifler. Get out. Anyway, here is a clip from Nothing Better by the Postal Service featuring Jen Wood. That's a great line about tearing out the sutures that it fades out on. Um, it is one of the fucking greatest lyrics in 20th century, in 21st century. Like, I just love that she's like, this is never going to feel better if you don't let it happen. Yeah. Don't also, you feel like, let's get married. She's like, get out of my room. Yeah. <laughs> don't you feed me lines about some idealistic future. Your heart won't heal right if you keep tearing out the sutures. That is a college degree put to good use right there. (laughs) I also love... That's the rhyming dictionary we know and love. (laughs) That's right. I also love the line where she says, I've made charts and graphs that should finally make it clear. I've prepared a lecture on why I have to leave. Like, I'm going to bring down this white screen, fire up this slide projector, lights are dimming, sit down. I know. And it's just like a single point on each PowerPoint card. And he's like, but I love you. And she's like, slide, please. I mean, <laughs> Next slide. Yeah. Next slide. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about the Postal Service and this it generally and this song in particular. Like, it, it grew on me, this song. But there is a lot of, like, intellectualized beeping and honking <laughs> in it that I'm like please get to the story and that it's sort of like on the one and the three like defiantly so to say and i was just like this is like a little too hard for me to listen to like that fuzzy quality Mm. of feedback to the vocal and also to the little bleeps that i'm like i'm i'm sure this is purposeful and i'm not a musician and there are things i don't get but this is not like this um holds me at arm's length which is unfortunate because these are great lyrics and i do appreciate how the there's this like wall of sound thing happening that is um illustrating the divide between what these two people think of this relationship which is that he's like this is great let's get married and she's like i would rather eat my own foot so (laughs) um that's like i didn't hate it or anything and it does it does grow on you like especially once you know that this is where it's gonna end up the the beginning feels less labored but it's still only in sixth place because as you said everything has to go somewhere Um, yes so yeah sixth three points 
And the patrons put it in seventh place and gave it two points, which I want to believe is partly because they had a lack of familiarity with the song. Yeah, I think that's sometimes true. But uh, I put it in third place because, to me, these lyrics are just transcendent. Uh, Mm. All of the lyrics on this album actually are just wonderful. And I find that the humor in their restrained, almost passionless delivery makes the song even more enjoyable. Uh, It just really, really hits my sweet spot. It it is really smartly done. Like, the, the intellectualizing has, like, bears its fruit. But it's just like that first sort of minute of like, ee, uh, uh, and I'm like, oh my God, the postal service. Yeah. I mean, look, I get it. I, I get that this band is not for everyone. And a, a song like Such Great Heights is uh, much more warm in its emotional quality, which is probably the reason that that's the song that most people know if they know a postal service song. Right. But uh, for me, this one is still, it's a, it's a good ass time. And I, uh, I have really enjoyed listening to it for nearly 20 years now. Uh, it's another... I can't believe mo- that. Holy fuck. I know this song and All I Have were both out in the same year. <sighs> oh my gosh. And I was having a really tortured relationship with a guy I went to grad school with named Mike at the time. And we were like flirting but not. And I was getting up super early so I could quote unquote just happen to run into him at the gym. And... He liked this CD and I liked this CD and it just never really quite happened. But there, I also associate that with this album and uh, it doesn't spoil it for me because then he and I like figured out how to be friends. But whew, what, a, what a time kissing in the hallway. And anyway, so many reasons to love Postal Service. Um, so you put it in sixth place, the patrons put it in seventh and I put it in third so I think that might mean that there is an across-the-board agreement on what's in second place as well, if I'm not mistaken. I guess. Damn. Should we hear a clip? Or do you yeah, want to intro- is... re-intro the song? It's been yes. a while since we talked about. This is a clip from the number one hit by Gautier featuring Kimbra, somebody that I used to know. to learn this was a number one i never heard it um it was in my conversation for number one in this ranking because i couldn't stop listening to it and thinking about it was like a dandelion with all of the references 
that were on it being the little fluffs Mm. of the dandelion. And I'm sure that some of this, like, I'm sure they didn't mean for me to be thinking about um, the claymation animator Jan Svankmeyer. But I was. I was also thinking about everything but the girl and that like broody feeling of like that moment in your heartbreak where you know you're kind of wallowing a little bit and you're like, I actually am feeling better, but I think I'm just going to stare out a window and wear a lot of eyeliner, (laughs) black (laughs) eyeliner on my lips. And everyone around you's like, yeah, she's feeling better. She's being melodramatic. Um, There's this like, just i mean not deceptive exactly like the peppy aspects of this song are i think extremely sarcastic and there is there is real anguish but there is also like black humor in it and it's Mm -hmm. just extremely interesting like the landscape i just wanted to keep listening to it and keep listening to this aural landscape and picking everything out of it um so thank you so much for introducing me to this song which i immediately added to my apple music library and uh is my number two but it really like i i couldn't not put human league number one but if we were just sort of ranking these songs only as songs and not also like how argumentatively duetish is this i think this would have been my number one it was very close I also had a very, very close match on this song. Uh, so you had not heard the song until we prepped this episode. I, d- I don't remember it, no. Oh my God, Sarah, I'm so glad that you know it. This song is so... So does that mean that you have not seen the music video? Uh, correct. And I only okay. listened to it. I didn't watch the video. All I can say, I don't want to say another word. You m- must watch the music video. You are going to love it. It is one of the greatest music videos of the last 20 years that's all i will say okay it is it is i'm on it like it is it's exceptional oh god i i like i wish i could be you and see this music video for the first time that's how much i like this music video Um, i'm not gonna say another word listeners if you've seen the music video i hope that you right now are going like hell yes um also isn't it such a wonderful treat that in our country in 2012 this song was number one for eight weeks i can't but and i never heard it yeah. When but like, was it number one? The summer of 2012. Huh. And it what was, I think, the best string of number one hits of my adult life. This, Call Me Maybe, and We Are Young by Fun were all number one back to back to back. And I remember those two. Yeah, but you know, it's funny, like certain songs, like it doesn't, this song was hugely popular I think it's so I think it's also one of the best selling digital songs. I think it sold like eight million copies. Wow. But like but and yet sometimes we just can't hear everything. And that this was the moment when you were meant to hear this song for the first time. I'm just glad that you liked it. Yeah. And I um so Also Call Me Maybe is eight years old. Yeah, I know. What the hell? I know, like what who? I don't I I refuse to believe it. So yeah, um, gotta go. The AARP needs my dues envelope. Jesus. <laughs> so Gautier is a an Australian avant-garde artist. So he may very well have been thinking of that animator that you were talking about. I don't know. But uh, this is his only hit song. If you're only going to have one, this is the one to have. It also won a Grammy for Record of the Year that year. Like, if you're only going to have the one hit, have it be yeah. this hit. 
But he has said that he originally wrote this song just for himself. But when he got to the end of the second verse, he realized he had run out of things to say, but the story hadn't. So then he decided to add the woman's perspective and then invited Kimbra, who's from New Zealand, to record that. And I think that this song wouldn't be nearly what it is if it didn't give her a chance to retort. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's very interesting. Like when you look structurally at most of these other songs, it's very much like a standard call and response. Like, here's my take. Here's my take. We're going to sing together in the chorus or I have a verse. You have a verse. And then we're going to sing together on the bridge. This is like, he's talking for a while. And I actually was like, am I listening to the right song? Right. Is this the right version? (laughs) Like, which, where's Kimbra? And then there she was. And she like, (laughs) she sort of storms into the song and is like, yeah, let's talk about all the ways you screwed me over. And I was like, well, (laughs) hi. It's, and then it's instead so, of singing the chorus, she just basically screams at him. She's just like, oh! <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like, but he's sort of like just looking at the camera like, I don't, um, here's my version of things. And then she kind of storms in on the back of the set in my mind. And it's yes. like, um, <laughs> couple notes and then starts yelling. So I can't wait to see how I'm wrong about that. But it's just a very for this kind of uh, narrative, a structurally unusual way to approach it that I think is perfect for it. I agree. And I'm so glad that you're talking about the structure of the song because the unusual structure is to me one of the great gifts of this song. Like it is so, there's so much, um, Andrew and I were talking about this recently because he loves this song too. And he was talking about how there's so much air in this song. There's so much space like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't fill it allows silence to be an important part of the musical landscape even though there are never moments of silence there's just a lot of sparseness in the way that it's created and it makes the song sound so distinct and it almost feels like a song that's going to sound great in 25 years because it just it's it's outside of trends it's just a song that exists it's almost sui generis and i really love yeah. that about it and there's a those silences are kinetic like not just yeah. because something is already happening but because you can feel the song thinking about yes. what it wants to say and that would suggest to me that uh is gotier is how it's pronounced yes. yep um this is someone who has been doing this a long time and has thought a lot and and played a lot with how stories uh, are in songs. And that comment that he's like, well, my part of the story is done, but the, the story itself is not done. Yeah. Really is such a, just such a natural expression of someone who has been marinating in and thinking about how we tell stories in pop music for like since he was little so i just think that's really cool and now i kind of want to track him down and interview him and just ask him (laughs) questions about process and he'll be like um well actually i started writing it who did you say you were again i'll be like no and it's fine so go back to your story (laughs) but i'm just but i'm recording this so keep going (laughs) um you're in uncle popper's playhouse Well, I also want to recommend um, he the album that this song is on is called Making Mirrors. And uh, I would recommend that you just give this album a whirl. I don't love every song on it, but there are some really great other songs on here. But this is clearly the best one. And Gautier 
has gone on to only really make weird avant-garde art projects since releasing this album. He doesn't seem to have any intention to ever release another pop album. But doesn't so, have to, probably. Because <laughs> he probably made a squillion dollars off it's of like, this I'll one song. like, I'll sell this to a soap company and then I can do whatever I want. Good for you, Yeah, buddy. for real. Well, I am so uh, delighted, again, that this was uh, the time for you to hear this song. I'm s- I just am so glad that you liked it. Um, and I actually have already now totted up the final rankings. Yeah, so, I think this but, is probably your lowest impact yeah. math moment in our ev- ever doing these. Yeah, because it really, we were, I don't think there have there's ever been a time when you, me, and the patrons have agreed on three songs across the board. Well, and this was the closest I think you and I have ever been, like, except for the Postal Service song, which we inverted each other. I think we were very close. The it's almost... It, I almost feel like what we've proven is that this is, in fact, the cosmically correct ranking of these songs. Yeah. And I isn't mean, we it interesting that every other time, obviously. Oh, obviously. But I do want to go back, actually, to what you said about why the Human League is number one, because you're so right that it was such a battle. And I love somebody that I used to know and respect it and I'm excited by it. But the Human League invented the genre in my yeah. heart. There's, just, there's something about the Human League being first and and indelible that allowed me to just kick them up uh, a little bit higher. Yeah. Well, and like we've been living with the human leagues version for three almost decades. So almost 40 years, 38 years. Holy crap. Yep. And I think it's one of those songs from the eighties that even if you're only like 14, you've probably heard it. Yeah, totally. It's on the oldies station, sadly, but Hey, but anyway, unsurprisingly, eighth place, obviously, all I have with three points, lowest possible score. <laughs> Seventh place, The Girl Is Mine with eight points. Sixth place, Nothing Better with 11 points. Fifth place, uh, The Boy Is Mine with 12 points. And in a tie for fourth place with 15 points, I Got a Man and Jackson. So that okay. feels right. Uh, and in second place with 21 points, somebody that I used to know. And in first place, a perfect score. 24 points, maximum a possible score, don't you want me? The the Nadia? Okay. <laughs> yeah, she it's right that she's the, it's the culmination of this episode. Yeah. The Mastas each. Well, well, this was really fun and oh my gosh, if nothing else, the like remembering this positive K song and then somebody that I used to know um was was really fun. And uh, I will not <laughs> be arguing with you about these results apparently because <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny that we had to talk about arguments in order to have our strongest accord? I know. Well, I mean, I wonder what happens if uh, we do like duets in which people are in total agreement and then you and I are like literally fist fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of us is is forced by the court to move to Alaska so that we can have distance. (laughs) One of us is Brandy. One of us is Monica. (laughs) The Patriots are Mackay Pfeiffer. I I totally lost control of that. (laughs) metaphor oh well nothing new there well it's been a delight patrons thank you so much again for participating in this poll we could not have done it without you and we wouldn't want to do it without you and again uh, listeners if you would like to become a patron we'd love to have you patreon.com slash not only do you get to vote in ranking episodes you also get to hear special episodes every month that are just for you and uh honestly we have a good time making those too we sure do Well, again, no argument from me. Sarah, you're the best. Mm, Nothing better. 
treated him cruel Now you tell me He was playing you for a fool Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. And when I found out she meant nothing to him, all I could do was cry. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.